All right, everybody, and welcome back to another featured company update here at the Investors Coliseum. On today's update, we're going to be listening in on a recent interview between Tanzania Gold CEO Stephen Maloney and Denny Smith, certified financial planner and radio show celebrity and host from Indianapolis, Indiana. They'll be discussing some of the important highlights and milestones achieved in 2021 and further providing investors with some exciting insight and context into what they can expect for 2022. Have a listen. Good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for joining us. My name's Denny Smith, and today is Thursday, January 6, 2022. Joining me on the call today is a very special guest, Mr. Stephen Maloney, Chief Executive Officer of Tanzanian Gold Corporation, Steve joined TRX a year ago in early December after a career as a partner and managing director at PricewaterhouseCoopers, where he led PwC Canada's Deals Mining Group for more than 10 years. In short, TRX isn't Steve's first exposure to either the mining industry or the economics needed for profitable operations. Nor is Steve new to East Africa, where the TRX properties are located. I am delighted that he's been able to carve out some time for a phone call discussion about his company and its assets. But listen, before we get to Steve in this discussion, please be aware that in our conversation with him today regarding Tanzanian Gold Corporation, we are not giving anybody investment advice. What we're trying to do is provide a platform for a frank discussion about the company and the opportunities and the threats in the current economic and mining environments. But it is very important to remember that your investment decisions are your own. And those investment decisions need to be based on your own personal financial situation and the advice of your accounting and financial advisors. Well, Steve, welcome. And I'm just going to jump right into it. A lot of changes have occurred in the last year at TRX, and that, that didn't happen in a vacuum. What was your overarching goal for the year 2021? Yeah, well, first and foremost, uh, Danny, thank you for having me on again. Um, greatly appreciated. And I think it's been a year since we had our, our last interview. So uh, I'm sure you have lots of questions, have seen a lot of things that have, that has, have happened over the past year by following our press releases and, uh, and, and what we've been up to. So first and foremost, when I joined last year, um, I thought TRX provided a, a really good platform to be something different in the, in the mining industry. It'd be to be able to go about and start developing the property through production, particularly in the oxides, to, to put in place a sustainable business model um, in which over time the company could uh, basically fund its value creation and growth activities from cash flow from its, from its operations. So something that was a little bit different sustainability was a, was a thing that came to mind for me. And an overarching goal was a lot of work to get there um, because there's a lot of cleanup as you've seen in the last year, but it's really to put in place a sustainable business. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, uh, it's been Denny, exciting to you watch. Right. You did not um, come you know, in at a time where the precious metals markets really like were, price, were yes, favorable so to you. A lot of other and so you've sort of been well. under the radar, um, and the industry is, as, a, as an industry has sort of suffered from the, from the gold markets One themselves. You have gotten a lot of press about just the turnaround of the mining camp. Can you talk about the mining camp? Because the pictures that I'm seeing, Steve, so They're fabulous. And we've rented our, um, our, our facility. We changed over to general managers. Um, they've uh, thereafter 
built a lot of our facilities for us, um, particularly the plant is 100% Tanzanian uh, built. Um, the pit has been opened up for, for mining activities. And uh, we're off to the races now uh, ramping up our, um, our 360 ton per day plant and it's producing gold. Um, and we'll have an update to the market next week. There'll be a good update. I think uh, we're finally getting into uh, being, uh, you know, some good operating cash flow. So ultimately, we've really focused on employees this year at Buck Creek. You know, in the mining industry, you really do control your own destiny. What are some of the things that you've done to control your destiny in, in this environment? Yeah, so one of the major things, as I mentioned earlier before, is um, Buck Reef is unique in the fact that it does have two and a half million ounces. It has a great endowment. 10% of those are, ounces are in the oxides, 90% of the ounces are in the sulfides. But the ability to go about and start mining the oxides and the talent level that's in Tanzania to be able to do that were both very attractive. And, and so what we did over the last over this year is we had a money losing test plant, went in there, expanded that plant, um, that's now up and running. And now we're gonna expand that further over the next three to four months to um, build out a thousand tons per day in, in an enterprise that's capable of producing 15 to 20,000 ounces per annum or even more per, per year um, over a five plus year mine life. Remember that's only on 10, 10% of, um, of the known resources currently. So what that will do is enable us to start being self-funding on our value creation exploration activities, as well as growth initiatives and, and around developing our sulfide project. Steve, that's really interesting. And it's a concept that is so different from other miners because what they usually do is they raise financing for exploration and capital building. But what your major points of focus seem to be away from the capital raise and just making this a profitable Cash flowing business. Did I miss it? You haven't. You haven't missed it. What I what I would add to it is it becomes a, a model which you can then expand the value creation activities or resources through the drill bit and exploration, as well as expanding the production profile. Um, you may do it a little bit more slowly than you would if you went out and raised a, a whole bunch of cash um, and, and issued shares. But over the long term, if you're looking at longer term three to five year value, you're gonna end up in a much better spot doing self-funding um, on, on, a, on a value per share than you are if you were to just self, uh, if you were to raise money instantaneously to, to go about and do those next month, for instance, uh, accelerated drill bit debt. Steve, you're like the, the new coach on a professional team. You've come in and you've reset management. Uh, talk to me. I've, I've watched and, and read about Andrew Cheadle, Michael Leonard, uh, certainly the two guys on, on project, the Tanzanians, Gaston Mushwahuzi and Isaac Saba. quite a team. Uh, tell me how you brought them on board and uh, what changes they have been giving you. Yeah, so look, uh, obviously one person can't do everything in any organization. You need to operate as a team and you need to make sure that your team has the proper um, skill sets. And they also have the proper authority levels in order to get things going. So I, I develop a management team and I have a management approach of consensus uh, decision-making. Um, so amongst the top management, including Kalaf, um, I don't think you mentioned Kalaf there. As our Kalaf, is in, Kalaf is in Tanzania. Yeah, exactly. And then, so we got Andrew, myself, Mike, uh, and Kalaf uh, in, at the corporate core, Tanzanian Gold. And we collectively make the decisions 
um, with regards to the organization of Tanzanian Gold there. In consultation with our uh, management on the ground in uh, in Isaac and uh, and Gaston, and, and that sort of framework has enabled us to develop the asset extremely quickly and make really good decisions that are much less risky to the organization, um, and it, it's enabled us to work very well. So when you take that type of approach, you're able to bring in a lot better talent level than uh, than you than you would. Otherwise, so I think the collective decision-making approach has worked out extremely well. Uh, from an outsider looking in, and I am a stockholder, you have put in place uh, a plan of production to be self-financing. Talk to us about moving from the test plant to the 360 ton per day to the thousand plus ton per day operation. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so you know, I, in my past, I've had had experience of ripping apart processing plants and then looking at where the bottlenecks are and how to expand those. So, you know, despite being at PricewaterhouseCoopers, I, I have more operational than an accounting or finance background. Um, you know, although I do have a significant finance background too, particularly from investment banking. Most accountants know how to do a living autopsy. And yeah, I'm assuming you can do that. Yeah, well, you know, ripping apart a processing plant is not that much different. Um, you, you do have certain components that capacity factors and you do have bottlenecks in them. So when we did that with our test plant, uh, the bottleneck was the ball mill and the tank capacity. So what we did is put it in a place significant more um, ball mill capacity. So we got 360 tons per day now. There's two new ball mills coming in place. Uh, they're on the ocean. They should be, I believe they're in uh, uh, arriving at port this week in Dar es Salaam. So then that will increase the capacity to 1,000 tons per day in the ball mills side of things. Um, we increased the tank capacity. Uh, we increase the electricity capacity, and in the thousand ton per day plant, um, the electricity has already been put in place, the crusher capacity is in place, and now it's essentially putting in the ball mill and the um, and the uh, tank capacity uh, for for processing. And the tailings facility is uh, is almost complete now as well. It should be complete in the next couple of weeks, and we're off to the races on our three sixty ton per day. It's been ramped up, fully commissioned. Um, we'll have details out of that next week, as well as um, the, um, the the progress that we're making on the 1,000 tons per day. So, yeah, all in all, it's been it's been a great journey uh, around that. Uh, you look at the cash flow from these assets, uh, although, you know, will be significant for our, our value creation activities. Um, understanding the Buck Reef main zone, uh, give us an idea of, for those of us who are not in Tanzania, it's hard for us to get a rough idea of what this property looks like. But with significant exploration uh, in this program that you've got, it's kind of exciting about the expansion possibilities of these resources. And I'm talking about Buck Reef, Maine, Anfield, and Buck Reef West. Can you share with us um, those fields? Yeah, and Denny, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I encourage you to have a, a call with uh, Andrew Cheeto as well, or, uh, who is our uh, qualified person. Um, he's on the ground quite a bit in Tanzania. I was there six times last year. One of my goals this year, too, was to really get a really good sense of what's around on this property, where the particular resource upside is, how we take, you know, two and a half million ounces and make a much larger than two and a half million ounces. A lot of shareholders that we have, and I've talked to a lot of shareholders over the last uh, year or so, are, you know, really believe that 
based on the historical technical reports, there's a lot more ounces here. And all they're seeing is the is the Buck Reef main zone. So on the Buck Reef main zone, it's the pit is open to the northeast, it's open at depth, and it's open to the south. Um, we currently have two drill bits on site. They're currently looking at the uh, the northeast, um, and and then we'll look to infill that pit. We've also had those um, drill bits uh, drill about twenty met holes, and and we got to get those off the labs over the next couple months for the met study and that sulfide. But that's separate than 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 exploration. But we're really, you know, when we got out around and started looking around, um, Anfield. Um, was a surprise this year, a very pleasant surprise. Uh, that was discovered by, I think Andrew and I made a trip in around March or so last year. And, uh, and we, when we went around the property, saw the activity of some artisanal miners and then and sent our geos out underground to, to map it all out. And what we discovered there is a brand new shear zone, which I look forward to putting some drill bits into this year. And then um, Buck Reef West, which is adjacent. If you look at our geological model and the way geology is set up, we have our Buck Reef main zone, which is uh, in, the, in the center, but there's a hanging wall and a foot wall and there's splays. And um, Buck Reef West is one of those splays off the uh, off the main zone. So I'm very, very excited. I was always comfortable with the main zone, um, but I'm very, very excited for our potential for resource expansion based on what we're seeing, not only in the main zone, but a Buck Reef West and an Anfield. Steve, I love, to, <laughs> I love to hear you giggle, and it's very rare for an accountant to giggle, but you've, <laughs> you've got a nice way of sharing that. Hey, talk to us briefly about the sulfides. I know that sulfides uh, provide a lot of, um, I'm going to call blue sky, but I'm not sure that's the right word. Talk to us about the sulfides that you've investigated so far. Yeah, so sulfides, like, like I mentioned earlier, they're 90% of our two and a half million resources currently. And, and they sit below the oxide layer. So the oxide layer is roughly 40 meters deep, 30 to 40 meters deep. Down below that, sulfides, essentially, they're hard rock versus the oxides being soft rock. So the oxides are a little bit easier to process from a crushing and grinding perspective. Um, but the metallurgy seems to be, from, from our details thus far, reacting similar. So the sulfides are, um, are really, where the real long life mine will come from. And, um, you know, there's, the sulfides have good grade. The MET studies that we've done thus far, the preliminary MET study that was done by SGS last year with three deeper holes, um, turned out to be very good, which is a flotation, regrind, followed by CIL. We're currently utilizing CIL for the oxides, but the flotation, and regrind does is get the grind size down uh, finer. What we're finding in our metallurgical studies, both on the oxides and, and initially on the sulfides, is grind size matters and retention time matters. And what retention time is is the amount of time that the that the ore is in our circuit in the um, in the solution. And so the longer it sits there, the longer it takes to dissolve. So we're, we, what we found out in the test plant, it takes roughly 25 to 30 hours to get our recovery rates higher or our tails grade lower. Um, and, and so the sulfides, you know, we're, we're very um, enthused about it because it's, it's showing similar metallurgy to what we've experienced in the oxides. We will test them through some of our plants when we get to that in, in, in our mine plan, but Look, there's a lot of resource upside in the sulfides too. And 
The shear zone goes very deep. We've intersected it at 750 meters. This is a long life mining asset. Steve, uh, in an earlier part of my career, I was on a due diligence team for an accountant to go in and, and look at operations. Now, I'm going to tell you that there was a skunk in the pasture in your balance sheets and financial statements, but I, I think you found all the legacy distractions. You want to share, share something about these last 12 months and cleaning up those financial statements? Look, uh, ultimately, there's a lot of choices for investors to invest in the mining industry. The less noise that are in your financial statements, the more investable you are. It's, it's quite that simple. So in our, in our financial statements, you would have seen a lot of legacy um, disputes. Um, you would have seen a lot of legacy um, types of different types of financings. And you would have seen a lot of legacy liabilities. So over the last year, you know, we put a firm concentration on cleaning up a lot of those, what I'll call distracting items around a, um, a balance sheet financial statement. And when our financial statements start to come out this year, they'll be much cleaner than they, are, than they have been uh, historically. Um, so we've cleaned up, you know, outstanding liabilities with the government, for instance, around licenses and fees. Um, you know, in order to maintain and then to uh, grow again, the asset base in this country, you need to have those licenses and fees cleaned up. There was legacy liabilities in a joint venture agreement. They were cleaned up and settled. There were legacy lawsuits with the government. Government is a partner with us. Um, so we cleaned up those. Uh, and, and so there was also a couple of lawsuit disputes on prior financings in the past, and we settled all of those for no cash liabilities there. So basically we went through the the financial statements have cleaned up a lot of the legacy liabilities. There's a few around, but they're not material. Another question for you, Steve. Uh, there's a lot coming up at TRX. What can we all expect for the coming year? Well, thank you for the question, Denny, because as I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the, the goal here is to put in place a sustainable business model. And, and so what you can expect to see upcoming is, you know, is the 360 ton per day ramp up period and commissioning has been completed and, and we'll start to you know give the market a sense of how that's going which is very well um you're going to see the expansion to a thousand tons per day for that facility um we also put out in place in, in the market as i mentioned earlier in the interview there are two drill bits on site what our exploration plans will be and where we really see the upside at buck creek that's coming as well as continually moving forward our sulfide development so you really get a really good sense now that the groundwork has been laid and the changes have been made, you'll get a really good sense of how we're going to create value and expand our um, asset here. Well, Steve, you, you've got a lot to be proud of with TRX, and it sounds like you're well on the way to creating a sustainable business that can create value through resources and production expansion. Sounds like a lot of work has been done to get here. Uh, you did mention that markets have changed, and I'd like to explore that a little further. Would you be open to having another call on this subject in the future? Yeah, absolutely, um, Denny. Look, uh, financial markets, particularly in the United States, are, um, are, are very different than they were 10, 15 years ago. Um, very fascinating, too. Uh, I, I love learning about them and, and have navigate them. But yes, uh, it would be more than open to having a call on that. My, uh, my thoughts are, are around that. That'd be great. And I'd also encourage you to have a call with Andrew around 
um, our asset and expiration uh, uh, upside, um, and as well as compa other comparable assets that are on the planet to ours. Steve, thanks for your time. Um, it's been quite impressive to watch this last year. I look forward to uh, interviewing you again and, and maybe Andrew, uh, and maybe at some point uh, getting a hold of, of some of the other team members to talk about TRX, but you certainly have an awful lot to be proud of. You've been listening to an interview with uh, Mr. Stephen Maloney, the Chief Executive Officer of Tanzanian Gold Corporation. He joined the company about a year ago, and we have seen so many changes, and it's been a pleasure to watch. My name's Denny Smith, and we'll be back with you in the future.